about growing our faith. <laughs> Someone's upset about that. I don't want to go, Sister Debbie. Uh, <laughs> it was about growing our faith, but and then God spoke to me about my imagination, about your imagination, and what he gave it to us for, and the reasoning behind that. And it works right together with growing our faith. I must like to start off today. I only have one scripture today, three verses long. So we've got to get out of here early, right? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> uh, imagination is the form of, this is what the American Standard Dictionary says about us, the formation of a mental image or concept of what is not real or present, a mental image or idea. So you get this, it's like a picture screen inside of our head, right? You can picture something in your imagination, right? And you can see it. Amen. Yeah. Everybody agree with me there? We're there together? So, uh, Brenda had a dream, and she told me this dream, and that's really what changed the sermon around. Actually, God told me that I have to be very selective with the, with the thoughts, the images I let into my head, with the thoughts I entertain, because the devil puts things on that mental image, and God puts things on that mental image. He, he flashes over that screen. Well, Brenda had this dream, and weren't sure quite what it meant at first, and we'll get to this a little bit later, but I'm going to tell you about the dream right now, and correct me if I get this wrong. She called me at work yesterday and said that she had a dream that we, a lot of us were at a house. It was, she recognized most everyone there. She recognized most everyone at this house. And uh, we were all outside to start with, and some people attacked, or someone attacked. And they weren't throwing bullets and, and blades, but they were throwing like logs and objects and things. And didn't know quite what that meant. Well, I told her to get the kids, I, I devised a plan, told her to get the kids in the house and stay in there. Don't come back out here. And we stayed out there and, and, fought, and fought these people off to defend, our, to defend our people. Some people went in the house and some people stayed outside with me and fight. Like most men would do. Most men would stay out there and fight with you. Some, some women would stay out there and fight with you. But most men at least would stay there and fight with you. And she was inside and everyone was, they were nervous and worried about what was going on at first. And they were on edge. They were on end. And they were wondering what was going on with this outside. But pretty soon they became nonchalant about it. They quit worrying about what was going on outside, about the battle that was going on outside. They quit worrying about those things. And Brenda stayed. She, she, she continued to be worried about it. She was wondering what was going on with me outside. And pretty soon, Steve Sr. came. He'd been in there the whole time in the house. And she thought that was very odd. And she asked him, because he would have been one of the first people out there with me to defend the, the people, the women in the place, or you know, whoever went inside. He would have been one of the first men out there, if, if you know him very well. Um, he, but she asked him, you know, what's going on with Forrest outside? Is he all right? And she was worried about me and what was going on, but she, I had told her to stay inside with the kids, so that's what she was doing. That paint a picture inside your head? We're going to get around to what I believe the meaning of this dream is here in a little bit, where this message was birthed from. Um, this adds on to the developing, of your, the developing of your faith, and I probably won't get through everything today, so we'll probably do this again next Sunday morning to get finished with the rest of it. Uh, images, images can come from someone's words, thoughts, or visions. Something you've seen before can stick in your head. You can see that image again. I can tell you about something, and you can paint a mental picture in your head. Sometimes it may not be an image you want to see in your head, but you see it anyway. Once you see it, though, you can't unsee it usually, right? <laughs> kind of a joke in there. Uh, they can have origins in the natural from people. So if I tell you about something, and you have an image on the screen inside your head, if I tell you about something and you get that, are you all getting this in your head now? Can you picture this or you imagine this thing? This is how our minds work. They can be from people, or things we've seen, or they can, in the natural, or they can be spiritually, spiritual images from God, or from Satan. 
Um, so God uses this image. Why do you think God gave us an imagination? He gave us such a thing that we can imagine something. I can see something on this, on this big screen inside my head. Why would you reckon God would give me something like that? I believe it's because he gave that to me to picture his will for my, for my life. He could show me what he wanted to come out of my life. He could show me his promises to come right here out of his word. I could picture these things happen in my life. And through picturing these things, I start to believe them. Yeah. When I start to see these things, I start to believe in these things. What happens next? My mouth starts moving. I start talking about these things. Each and every one of us have authority in here, right? Yeah. God gave us authority. Genesis one twenty six says so. God made a man in his image and made him with authority over or dominion over the whole world, over everything in the world. Luke ten nineteen, Jesus came back and took it back to the devil again after Adam and Eve lost it. He came back and took it back again and handed it back to us. Here you go, brother. I give unto you true power. You can smash vipers and scorpions under your feet. You can walk all over the power of the enemy, and nothing by it shall any means harm you. And, and verse 20 in that says, don't rejoice about that. I'm breaking this down a little bit, but don't rejoice about that, that the spirits are subject unto you. What's the spirits? They're not talking about wine. What are they talking about? They're the spirits are talking about the evil spirits. They're subject unto us. They have to listen to us. We have the authority over them. Amen. Why do you think Adam got to name all the animals? Why do you think God ran all the animals in front of Adam and had him give them their name? It's just like our children. We named Sydney because I'm going to be the one calling Sydney down. Just like Adam is in charge of everything on the earth. Just like we're in charge of everything on the earth. God gave us the authority of those things. And, and the devil wants to trick us. He wants to throw his things up on that mental picture. right? He wants to pervert these things and use these things of God because he's not crafty enough and he's not good enough. He doesn't have enough power to make something of his own. So he has to take something of God, something that God's given to us, and he has to pervert that thing. He has to twist it around a little bit. And a lot of times he'll put just enough truth, just enough of God's word. He used God's word against Jesus. He tried to. After Jesus was fasted for 40 days and 40 nights and he was tempted, when the devil came and tempted him, he tried to use God's word against him. (laughs) He gave him God's word, just enough of it to make it almost real. If Jesus wouldn't have known God's word, he would have probably been tricked into that, but he knew God's word, like we should know God's word. He knew, I'm not saying we're ever going to be as good as Jesus, but you get where I'm going with this. If we don't know God's word, we won't know what's real, what we should be paying attention to on this, on this image in our mind. So the devil wants to pervert these things. He wants to change them up just a little bit, and he wants to get us thinking on something else. Because whatever plays on this screen, of course, we're going to start believing in, yeah. and I'm going to start speaking it. How did God make the whole universe, the earth, all the animals, everything? He spoke it into existence. Jesus told us if there's a mountain in your life, you speak to that mountain. So much for that, Blue. You speak to that mountain, and you you believe it when you speak it, and you can tell that mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast in the sea. That's what the Bible says, right? Yeah. And more than one gospel, I think, says that. Right? I don't think he's talking about a pile of rocks. I think he's talking about a mountain that looks insurmountable to you. Yeah. Maybe it's addiction. Maybe it's a sexual sin. We all have familiar sins. Maybe it, whatever it is. Each and every person sitting here that can hear me today, even if you can't hear me today, you have a familiar sin. Yeah. No one's perfect. The Bible says all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. Not a one of us is perfect. I'm not perfect. I'm not preaching this from a soapbox today. None of us are perfect. We all have familiar sins. And where's the devil going to attack you at? Yeah. He's not going to bring something new that is not proven and doesn't work on you. He's going to hit you with that same thing that worked on you last time. If it worked last time, he's going to use it again. Yeah. Look, it's going to happen. It will happen. I can guarantee you this. 
You can beat addiction down for 20 years. In the Word of God, you can't do it yourself. But God can bring you out of this for 20 years. Yeah. And you think you've got it. The Bible says, be careful if you think you can stand, lest you fall. You will fall if you're not relying on God's Word. Yeah. Correct? Yes. So, in 20 years, you beat this thing down. You've walked past this thing. And all of a sudden, the devil flashes this up on your, on your, on your image, Liz. And he says, look at this. And maybe it's not even bad to start with. Maybe it's not full-blown what you ran to before. Maybe it's just showing a little image of it. He takes little baby steps. All right, well, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't even, I didn't even crave it. I didn't think about it. I didn't do the thing. I didn't want to go out and do it, so that wasn't bad. I can entertain that thought. Guess what? The next day, he's going to bring it to you again. The next day, he's going to bring it to you again. He's going to increase the intensity of it each time, though. Yeah. He's, going to, he's going to twist it and manipulate it a little bit more each time. It's going to become more perverted. Pretty soon, you're thinking about it. You're entertaining that thought. You're entertaining that thought more than you're entertaining the thought of God. Yeah. That's where we mess up. That's where we make the mistake at. Then we start to talk about it. We start entertaining those thoughts. And pretty soon our faith becomes more on the negative thing. We're magnifying the negative thing of Satan more than we're magnifying the Word of God. Yeah. You get this? We have to use the Word of God. I'm going to read a scripture here in a little bit. It talks about warfare. There's a, there's a battle raging inside of us. We have to control our imagination. We have to control our mind. When we're saved... When I got saved, the, day, the Bible says we're a trying being to start with. I have, I'm a soul. I possess a spirit. I, I, I have a spirit. And I possess the body. We live inside this body, this flesh that you see walking around here. We all are the same. It says that God made us in his image. Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Spirit, the flesh, and the body. Or the spirit, the soul, and the body. Right? So we're all the same. So when I get saved, the spirit of God comes and lives inside of me. I have the Holy Ghost living inside of me. Yeah. Can you believe that? That's a miracle, right? Yes. Think about that. I have the Holy Ghost living inside of me. So the devil can't attack me here anymore. He's got to attack me here. He's got to attack me in the mental arena. What am I going to do with that? Am I going to let him attack me? If you fight the devil in the mental arena, if you give him a chance to start talking to you, if you listen to him at all, if you argue with him, you will lose. Yeah. He's the master of what he does. He's evil and he's dirty, but he's, he's good at this. He's been practicing this thing. For thousands of years, he's been practicing. He's been dragging people down. It's not that he cares a single thing about you, Liz. It's that he hates God. Yeah. He hates God, and he wants to destroy you because of it. Right. And I'll tell you what, this message right here could change your life today. If you listen to this thing, and you apply this thing to your life, and you learn how to use this thing, and you grow your faith in God's word through this thing, it can change your life. And the devil is attacking this church. This church is under attack. I'll tell you, tell you what the dream means here in a little bit. The devil's attacking this church. He's attacking me. He's attacking more than me in here. He's attacking you all. That's right. And you know why? It's because you're coming to a church where you're being fed. You're being fed the word of God. People's lives are changing. Yeah. Look how many people are sitting in this church that were unchurched not long ago. Less than two months ago, your life looked dramatically different. My life looked dramatically different three years ago. Think about that. The devil don't like that, people. No. The devil doesn't like that at all. He wants to choke this thing out. He wants to kill it. He wants to destroy it. He wants to stop it right now. And he'll do whatever he can do to do this thing. He's going to do whatever he can do. He's going to come at us with everything he's got. And he would like to kill us in our infancy. He would like to kill a baby. If you look at Sydney up here, she's four months old. Would she be easier to kill or me? You get what I'm saying? It's easy to attack us when we're young spiritually. Spiritually, not, not physically, but spiritually. I've gotten way off my notes here today, but it's good. It's good. So words are important. Proverbs 18, 21, 21, 18. Anybody know Bible scholars in here? Life or death is in the power of the tongue, and those who eat of it shall eat the fruit thereof. Yeah. Those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So whether we have negative words 
going into us, or if we have positive words going into us, more coming out of us. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We need to learn to exalt, magnify. The, the definition of exalt is magnify. We need to learn to magnify the positive words. This word right here, this is the word we need to learn to live by. This word of God. Measure everything up to the word of God. Great people in the Bible, they learn to magnify God's image, exalt God's imaginations, his images in your head. His word. You cross every image you have in your head with his word. The devil, he will be happy to keep you content with television. And I'm not saying television is evil in itself. He'll keep you content with television, the internet, the newspapers, your job, your kids, anything. You may say, well, that's not bad. He keeps me involved sometimes. He did me last week. I had to preach on this and kick my own self in the pants last week because he kept me involved. The devil, I mean... He let me be so involved in the church to get my sermons ready and things that I wasn't guarding my own mind. I wasn't guarding and I wasn't spending the time with God. You get what I'm saying? Yes. He'll, he'll give you images. He'll give you things in your mind that may not necessarily be wrong. But if you keep you busy with those things, you can't guard the thoughts. And then he can, put an, he can throw an image up on the screen. Yeah. Pretty soon you're busy over here. Kind of like what our government does a lot. Yes. And the politicians do this a lot. And, and the media does this constantly. They'll say, look what's going on over here. Well, they slap you with this hand. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. This is the same thing the devil does to us. We have to learn his tricks. If the devil showed up and beat on your door and he's a big red guy with a pitchfork, you know it's the devil. Yeah. You're going to resist this thing. You're not going to go for it. But if he can, if he can give you the rope-a-dope like Muhammad Ali used, if he can get you looking over here and then hit you with this hand, that's what he's going to do. Yeah. He's good at this. He's been practicing for years, people. We have to learn to become attuned on God's word. This is what the people in the Bible did. The spiritually great people, they became attuned on God's word. They listened to God's word. Every thought they had, they measured it up to God's word. They read God's word. They prayed. They had a relationship with God. Are we doing this today? How many times did you read your Bible last week? I'm not asking you to answer me. Think about that. Some of you in here are guilty of it, not reading your Bible. How are you going to have a relationship with anybody if you don't have any conversation with them? If I left... Today, when church is over, and I talk to my wife again next till next Sunday when we came back to church, how do you think that's going to go over? Not good. Not good, probably. Don't <laughs> be trouble in paradise. <laughs> how do you think God's any different, people? The Bible speaks to him as our groom, the bride and the groom. Um, there's a battle raging inside of you. Second Corinthians, Second uh, Corinthians, ten, three, and five. Is one thing, but it's only one scripture that you can find that surely. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. It says, For, this is Paul writing, because this is the second letter he wrote to the church of Corinth. For the, those of you who don't know, they were an early church that was started, and Paul writes them letters to let them know what they're supposed to be doing, how they're supposed to be acting, how they're supposed to be responding to what's going around them. Right? You following this? So Paul's writing this letter to them. It says, For though we walk, in the flesh, we don't do we do not war after the flesh. What's Paul saying here? Paul's saying you don't fight this fight with a gun. You don't fight this fight with a knife. You fight this fight with the word, with the word of God. You guard your mind. You fight this thing with spiritual weapons. The word of God, words, words are spiritual weapons. Yeah. My words have power. I have the authority over everything on this earth. You know that. You have the power over the authority over everything on this earth. The devil has his dupe, and he has his trick, and he has his living defeated. Well, let me tell you this, church. I think it's time to get him down, knock him down, and get our foot on his throat. Yes. And hold him down there. 
and keep him where he's supposed to be. He's defeated. My God came here and died on a tree so that I could be forgiven of my sins, so that I could have my authority back, so that you could have your authority back. Yeah. Do you want to live in it, or do you want to keep being defeated? Do you want to keep thinking of the devil as this big, bad, red man that comes around and, and beats up on us? He's not. He's defeated. He's beat. We don't even have to fight the fight. All we have to do is guard our minds. We have to measure everything up to God's word. We have to speak God's word in these things. Before I get into the scripture much further, I have some promises of God here. There's over 3,000 promises of God in the Bible. Can you pass these around this side? Make sure everyone gets one. There's over 3,000 promises of God in the Bible. There's only 10 here. Remember we were talking about familiar sins earlier? You each have one. You know what it is. The devil and his helpers, they know what it is also. I guarantee you they know what it is. They're taking notes on each and every one of us. Find a scripture that fits your familiar sin. And when he hits you with that familiar sin, when he throws it up there on the board, on, on the screen in front of you, that familiar sin, when he throws it up there, you say that scripture. Say that scripture and cast it down immediately. Cast that thought down immediately. If you entertain that thought, or if you, or if you uh, want to get in an argument with Satan, you'll lose that argument because he'll plant the seed of doubt. I'm getting ahead of my notes. I'll come back to that here in a little bit. He'll plant the seed of doubt in you, though, if you argue with him. We don't fight the weapons of, of warfare with fleshly weapons, though. We do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God. To the pulling down of strongholds. What's Paul talking about here? Strongholds. Getting the strongholds in the Greek would be like a castle. A castle that's up there. There's a guard around your mind. Most of us today, though, we've had Satan running over the wall of the castle for so long, Satan has control of our mind. He take, Our flesh has control of our minds. Most of us are this way. Most people living in the world, and that's getting on you today, it's all of us. We've, we've let him run over the wall so long, he controls it. We've got to kick him out of this thing. We've got to pull down the strongholds. We've got to cast these thoughts down and speak the word of God on our lives instead of the words of this negativity that he's bringing on us, what he wants us to bring on us. So, um, casting down imaginations in, in every high thing that attaches itself against the knowledge of God. Does that make sense there? Every high thing. Satan is attaching himself to the knowledge of God. He's perverting it around, just like I told you, and he's making it his. He's making it his own. He gets you to speak about that. Then what happens to you? You'll have what you say you're going to have. He, uses, he, he tricks you. He doesn't have the authority. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. So if I have to give him place, he doesn't have a place. Right? Yeah. I have to give it to him for, in order for him to have a place. So instead of doing that, if I cast his thoughts down and I don't give him that place, he doesn't have any word. He doesn't have, have a hold on me. We won't have to live by those things. We won't have those things in our life. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into the captivity every thought in the obedience of Christ. If we bring into captivity every thought and make that thought obedient unto Christ, through, the, through God's word, God's word's the power in this. Yeah. These, these are just ten of the promises of God, but this is the power in this thing. This is the power in it. You have to apply these words to your life. You can't do this on your own. I can't do it on my own. If I try to fight Satan in the middle arena, he's going to beat me. He's going to make me slip up. He's going to make me fall. He's going to make me trip. However, as soon as he flashes the mental image up there on me, as soon as he speaks the word into my ear, I don't accept it. I don't argue with him about it. I say, greater the peace of my children, they shall prosper. They shall be taught of the Lord all the days of their life. That's what I say. And what's Satan got to do? He's got to get out of there. 
He's got to go. He can't stand in God's word. God's word is the ultimate power over everything. You have to realize that, people. It's more real. The spiritual realm is more real than the physical realm. It's more real than your five senses. It's more real than the things you can see, you can taste, you can hear, you can feel, you can smell. It's more real than those things. God's word is more real than this. Get that down in you today. You have to remember that. These words right here hold the power to the universe. You know, we see these, when I first started reading the Bible, really get into it, I, I, I saw all these movies and things, and I thought of, you know, they have these masons and things, and they have this this cloud of, of, of ore around them where you, you don't know what's really going on with them, and they seem magical and powerful. And this book right here, though, it's, it's more powerful than anything that you could ever come across. That's right. These words right here, they can, they can change your life. I'm going to set up a challenge here for you later in just a little bit. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. That's powerful right there, isn't it? Yeah. If you resist the devil today, he will flee from you. He has no choice but to flee from you. God's word says so. Yeah. This isn't me saying this. This is God's word says this. Do you believe God's word? Yes. I believe every word in this book is, wrote, is meant for me. And every word of it is true. Every word of it applies to my life and applies to your life. It's the most current history book on the planet. It's the top selling book every year since Jesus Christ was here. Y'all know that? Yes. More Bibles are sold every single year than any other book in circulation. Yeah. Any book, any fancy all to write or anybody can put out there, this book right here sells more every year than any of them. That's right. Is that pretty crazy? Yeah. It's great. Um, some of us are too fleshly to resist the devil, though. Our minds, the devil has had control of us so long. We're fleshly, and we have a hard time resisting the devil. How do we get out of that? We do that through we do that through uh, prayer. Talk to God. A prayerful man will be more attuned spiritually. We'll know what's going on more spiritually. We'll be listening to that still small voice we were talking about, brother, earlier. When you're praying a lot, and then sometimes you shut up and listen for God. Yeah. He speaks in a really still small voice. Right. That voice will lead you to the path of straight and narrow. It'll keep you on the path. We have to listen for him. We have to pray. And we have to be in his word. We have to read this word right here. We have to get in this. This is our power. This is our spiritual weapon. This is the most mighty weapon you can bring in the spiritual battle. Don't debate with the devil. Cast his thoughts down immediately. Yeah. As soon as he flashes that picture up, he whispers in my ear, I'm going to cast that thought down immediately. Some seeds, the devil can plant a seed of doubt in an instant. Just like that. You, you can be believing for something. I can be believing for a healing. God's word says, by his stripes I am healed. Does it not? Yeah. Is that a fact? Yeah. By his stripes I am healed. You think about how that's written. I am healed. I'm already healed. He's already deposited in the bank for me. All I have to do is withdraw this healing. Right? Yeah. It takes a while for that seed to grow though, right? Just like if I plant in a garden. The devil can come along and say, you're not going to have that. You're a failure and you don't have enough faith and you're not going to make it there. It's not going to happen. How long does it take that to pop up? That's a weed. Yep. A weed pops up overnight. They'll take over your whole garden. Yeah. You'll lose your whole garden to weeds if you don't weed them out. If you don't cast them down immediately, you pull them up and you throw them completely out of the garden. That's right. And you speak God's word. And then the other seeds that grow slower, that healing, it will manifest itself because God's word says so. There's no way around it. When God speaks it, you can take it to the bank. It's a fact. It's going to happen. So if you speak these words on the seeds, some seeds take a little longer than others, no brother. It just takes a little longer for some things. We have to keep that faith. We have to cast down the, the negative images, the mental images, our imagination. We have to control our minds. We have to control this. 
I want to challenge you all this week. One week. Can you give us one week? One week. Do you have that in you? Yes. One week. This is like this fight is like a if you're going out to fight a fight in a boxing ring, you're in a training court, right? Yeah. You're not going to get drunk the night before right. and go up there and, and, and fight some prize fighter that's trained up and he's ready to go. You're going to train for this thing ahead of time. You're going to prepare yourself for this thing ahead of time. You're going to do everything you could possibly do. You're going to eat right. You're going to work out. You're going to spar with some other people. You're going to do the things you need to do. You're going to read your word. You're going to pray. You're going to listen to God. You're going to do the things you need to do to get ready for this fight. So I'm asking for one week. That's all I'm asking you for is one week. And if you don't see a change, let it go. But you will see a change, I promise you, if you do this for one week. Get in your word. Read your word this week. Yeah. Use these right here. Carry this thing with you everywhere you go. Carry it with you. Tape it up on your mirror. Make a couple copies of it. Put one in your car. Put one in your Bible. Stick one on your lunchbox. Everywhere that you go, as soon as the devil gives you something negative thought, find your scripture. You all have a, you all have a familiar sense. Everyone knows what it is. Do you not? You, you know what you did before. I, I know what I did before. I'm not condemning you for that. I'm just saying, find your familiar sin. That's where he's going to hit you at again. I, I can guarantee you that's where he's going to hit you at again. Please. Yeah. If he hits you with an uppercut and knocks you down last time, he's looking to land that one again this time. Amen. I guarantee you. If that's your, if that's your soft point, that's where he's looking to hit you at. So when, he, when you're looking for that thing, you find your scripture. It may be on this list of ten here. It probably is. There's probably something you can use here. Yes. If not, Google it. Everyone's got the internet these days. Google it. What's the scripture for pornography? My mind, you know, what is it? The one about your mind? Uh, sound mind. I have, I have not, I've not been given a spirit of fear, but one of a sound mind. Say that. When he, when he says click on this site right here, check this out. You say that. I haven't been given a spirit of fear, but it's one of a sound mind. Now get out of here, devil. And that's all, I mean, you use that scripture. Every time he comes at you, you recite God's scripture. I guarantee you the image that's on your imagination, it'll change right. immediately. Like you reach up and switch the channel. And it comes to that scripture. Instead of thinking about what I was doing before and what I used to do, God will bring my mind to that scripture. And God's image will pop up on my screen. And God's image will let me know that I have a sound mind, not a spirit of fear. I have a sound mind and I don't have to go there. I don't have to behave anyone but God. I have to be in obedience to God but no one else. And that image will pop up. And we'll start to see that image. You'll see that image throughout the week. And come back next Sunday and tell me your faith doesn't grow through that. Next Sunday. By next Sunday, Crystal, your words will probably start talking about that. Yeah. And where's your authority come from? Words. Your authority comes from your words. That's where your power is at, people. This is what we have to do to defeat the devil. This is what we have to do to defeat the enemy. Amen. To defeat our flesh. Amen. Sometimes it's not the devil. Sometimes it's just our flesh. The devil can be bound up and thrown in the pit of hell tomorrow. In, in, into, the, into the lake of fire. You could be thrown in the lake of fire tomorrow and people would still cheat on their wife. People would still do this or that because it's our flesh. It's our, if our, it's our sinful nature. Let's face it. It's not always the devil. Sometimes it's the devil. Sometimes it's our own flesh. But this works. God's word is superior to all of it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's, uh, can we go ahead and pray today? Can I get every head bowed and every eye closed? If this spoke to you today, please raise your hand. Every hand in the house should be up. I got both hands up. If this spoke to you today, if you're willing to take this challenge, if you're willing to take this challenge here today and make it right for a week, I want to pray for you. But first, I about slipped my mind on one part of the dream. We need to go back to the dream real quick. I'm sorry, I got to throw this baby in reverse for a second. We're going to go back to the dream. I'll bring you back here in a minute. Anybody know what the dream meant? 
Anybody have any idea what that dream meant? It was a spiritual dream. It wasn't a physical attack. Because if it was a physical attack, most men in this building would have been out there fighting with me to defend the other people here, right? And some of the women would have been out there fighting with us. This was a spiritual attack that was on this church. God showed us, God uses dreams. Yeah. He says, what's he say about dreams, babe? Old men will dream. Young, young men will dream dreams. <laughs> old men will have, young men will have visions, and old men dream dreams. He spoke to me in dreams before. He showed me people in this church in dreams before. I've seen things come to pass before because of dreams. I believe that God gives things in dreams. I believe God that gave us a message here today because of Brenda's dream. She's my helpmate. She's half the pastor here. We're we're half on this. We're partners. So he can speak through her as well as he can speak through me. But he gave her this dream. This is a spiritual fight that we're in. Yeah. The devil's attacking this church. He wants to defeat this church. He wants to snuff this church out. He wants it gone. He wants it to be closed up and the building condemned and the yard grow up and all that to happen. He wants none of us to be here. He doesn't want to see life change. There's things happening in this church that aren't happening everywhere. You can go somewhere to another church and have a humdrum service. You don't spill the spirit in. People's lives don't change, and that doesn't bother the devil one bit. He'll let you go on with that. He'll let you have those kind of services the rest of your life, and that's not going to bother you because you're not going anywhere with it. But when you're getting fed the word, the truth, that's going to change your life and bring you into where you're supposed to be and change your life completely around and move you toward God to make you go to heaven. He, he wants to kill that. He wants to knock it out. Yes, he does. So this dream means, I believe this dream means, it's a spiritual fight. Yeah. And and we have to fight it all together. There's power in numbers here. Right. If I'm the only one fighting for this, I'm the only one praying with it, and I'm the only one trying to change my mental image, and everyone else is in the house. And, and you know, the people that were in the house, they were on end and they were uptight for a while. Just like we are a lot of times today. We're on in and we're uptight. But then the devil gives us all these things, just like I talked about earlier. Here's your kids. Here's your job. Here's the television. And, and by the way, here's your computer over here. He gets us into all these things, and we forget about how to fight. We forget about how to protect our mind. And then it's real easy. It's like taking candy for a baby for him after that. So I, I challenge you this week during this challenge, when you're, when you're using these words, give up the television one night or two nights or all week. Give up some things. I'm not just speaking against television, but things that take your time up. Things that are idle things that take your time up and they don't really mean anything. They don't take you anywhere. Give up a little bit of that stuff. Spend some time with God during that time. 